Coming up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech, Russia has restricted access to Facebook after their unprovoked invasion of Ukraine. Cryptocurrency miners were tricked into downloading malware with the promise of hacking the unhackable limiter. Gabe Newell has voiced his thoughts on NFTs and the metaverse, and censored text needs to step up their game. All that and more coming up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North Swim, good to this is Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. So, not a lot happened this week, huh? No major world historical events happened. N- none at all, right? None? Nothing that took the world, but w- that caught the world off guard? Nothing at all? No? Nothing? Yeah, we'll, we'll go over, we'll say this much first. This is a tech podcast. All right. If you want solid coverage of the Russian invasion of Ukraine that at the time of this recording is still ongoing. I can't provide it. I'll just say that much. I, of course, like mu- like many of you, am keeping a very close eye on the situation. I am hoping, hoping that Ukraine does not fall to Russia. And I am absolutely horrified by what I have seen out of this whole thing. Actually, I should rephrase that. After knowing that Russia has invaded Ukraine, I am shocked, but not surprised by the images I have seen. Because whether people want to admit it or not, it is an invasion. It is war. War, despite all the games you may have seen, is never, ever pretty. It is terrible. It is horrifying. And what is important during these kind of times is proper information. So to see Russia and Facebook kind of trading blows with each other in regards to the restriction of information is kind of amusing, to say the least. Russia is blocking access to its citizens because Facebook has been censoring the propaganda coming out of Russian media sources. You see what you've done, Russia? You've made me cheer for Facebook. How have you done this to me? How? I thought it wasn't possible. This is just, just. 
But no, obviously, in this case, I don't blame... Like, normally, I'm very much against... Actually, no, I, I rephrase that. I actually am annoyed that Facebook is restricting Russia getting its media out because, personally, I actually am legitimately curious what kind of hot garbage is coming out of Russia. I actually am a bit curious. Someone in chat said, apparently, and this is unconfirmed information, by the way. We just have a source in chat saying this. Apparently, today, Russian TV was hijacked in some areas and got repurposed to broadcast the Ukrainian hymn. You can't, you can't hear it because this microphone is really weird when it comes to clapping, but bravo. Bravo. Amazing. But at the same time, I'll be perfectly honest. I think that Russia is using this as an excuse to put up an information wall about Facebook gaining access to... Oh, did you guys actually hear the clapping really well? <laughs> Chaff telling me the, the clapping actually came through very, very well. It's always very hard for me to tell because um, I can hear my clapping just fine because it goes through my earphones. But the mic is, uh, it's bizarre when it comes to that. Also, I shouldn't have clapped because now my hand stings a bit more. That was not a very wise decision after falling and landing on my hand. But I digress. In, in any case, I'll just say this straight up. As much as I kind of do wish Facebook let us see what's being broadcast in Russia so we can, you know see what kind of hot garbage is going on over there, because I actually am very curious. Even though, you know, I know 100% it is absolute propaganda, absolute lies they're trying to use for their unprovoked invasion of Russia because the higher-ups at Russia believe that they are entitled to the country, which is... No. <laughs> no, you're not. I believe Russia is using Facebook restricting their propaganda from going out as a very weak excuse to just straight up choke the amount of information going to its citizens. Because there are protests going on in Moscow. We actually see that on social media. People protesting in Moscow about the war and then getting arrested. And hopefully those protests are seen again, but I'm willing to bet they won't. Because welcome to the ugly side of all this. <sighs> How long until Russia realized they need to restrict other forms of social media? Actually, who am I kidding? They probably already done it. Let's be perfectly honest. It would not surprise me at all, especially after we've seen videos of their of their police force just arresting protesters. Welcome it, it is insane 
how much has happened in this one week. It is absolutely crazy. Like the the, the craziest part about this is that we knew this was coming. We knew. You don't just mount up tons upon tons of soldiers at the border of a country and then say it's just military exercises. No, don't, don't worry about it. We knew it was coming, but then when it happened, <laughs> now, while the invasion on the ground is going, question marks are going to be popping up about much of the rest of the world. Like for starters, let's be perfectly honest. Everyone out there knows that the price of depending on which depending on where you are in the world, petrol or gasoline is going to go up. Why the heck is it called petrol in in the UK? I'll never know. But I digress. We know the price is going to go up. It's 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 going to happen. The other thing that's coming up is what's going to happen to the International Space Station? Oh, someone in chat just pointed out it's called petrol because it's based from petroleum. But isn't the process... You know what? I actually don't know what the process is of it going from crude oil to what we, what we know here in the U.S. as gasoline is. I actually don't know. But in any case, since Russia actually provides a lot of the tools and whatnot to provide space flight to the International Space Station. What's going to happen to it? In fact, one of the things that was said from... Uh, I want to make sure this is actually, actually said from, from Russia. I want to confirm that that... Anyway, I can't confirm who 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 said what and all this. The point is is that big question marks about supporting the international space station are now arising since Russia provided a lot of the mechanisms used for flying up to the international international space station. So now that is also something we have to consider. In addition, we once again approach our favorite topic here on the show. Ah, yes. Someone in chat is is saying went went ahead and looked up uh, the article I was looking at. Apparently, the Russian captain is suggesting he would force a de-orbit of the International Space Station into U.S. or Europe. Ah, yes. 
these are the uh, the talkings of sane people right here. Absolute craziness. Someone else came in and cor corrected. It's the chief of the Russian space en agency who is a director general rather than a captain. Important detail. Important detail. In, in any case, uh, the more important detail is that uh, Russians be uh, be crazy. But in any case, back to our favorite topic, the chip shortage. Because, well, one of the components that is used in a lot of chip manufacturing is neon. Specifically, neon gas is critical for lasers that are used in chip making. And in fact, Ukraine supplies more than 90% of the U.S.'s semiconductor-grade neon, according to estimates from the, the research firm TechSet, which I have most likely pronounced incorrectly. In addition, about 35% of palladium, a rare metal used in semiconductors, is sourced from Russia. So, I mean... You can already see how this can help make the chip shortage situation far, far worse. Just as it was starting to get better. People in chat are saying, I thought my favorite talk was NFTs. Oh, don't worry. It is still zero weeks since last NFT topic. So now, here's the thing. How much is going to push it back? Honestly, I don't know. Considering the fact that um, this is in regards to the lasers used in chip making, this would theoretically just slow down the production of new fabs. Theoretically. So anything that, any sort of construction that's now, the equipment's already done, they're just building the buildings for it, that's still going to go on. It's not like all of a sudden production of our current production of chips is going to drastically slow that being said though if this war escalates as some suspect it might it means that production of weapons have to go up which then means all sorts of materials that would be used for gpus and CPUs and whatnot might instead have to go into manufacturing weapons. And so right now it's 
best case scenario, the chip shortage just stays at a solid line. Worst case scenario, it dips. Yay! All right, so in the meantime, I'm going to go ahead and go over to my two hardworking machine uh, computers that I use here in the studio that I have resurrected from the dead as some kind of weird technology necromancer and say, you two are not allowed to die. Neither of you. No. You're staying alive. And you too, Super Nintendo. So yeah, things are not looking up, and I do hope that uh, this war does not move on much longer. Now, speaking of the chip shortage, I do actually have news that will cause a dip. NVIDIA was hit by a cyber attack. Come on! Can we not catch a break? At all? You know what? That's that's going to be the theme of the year 202X. Can I please catch a break? Freaking fill in the X with any number and that's going to be the theme. It's not going to be until 29.9. So at this time, the incident is suspected to be caused by Russian hackers in their attempt to commit cyber warfare against Ukraine. At least that is what is suspected. At this time, they have not identified the culprit, but their uh, their internal systems have been, quote, completely compromised, and my nose will not stop itching. It's getting really obnoxious. So at this time, I don't have much information in regards to the hack. Actually, knowing my luck, there's been new information about the hack, and I just don't have it in my stack of stuff. But yeah, if you thought for a minute that uh, it's kind of funny because early this week, news was leaking out that the chip shortage might be over. The price of GPUs are going down. Supply is catching up demand. We're getting their ball. Like, if I had to go ahead and report on the uh, situation of uh, the chip shortage on Tuesday, my news would be hopeful. <sighs> just, that's just all you can do. All you can, all, all you can do is just, just sigh. Someone just DM'd me an article in an attempt to try and help me, but they sent me a thumbnail of the article, so everything is in size 4 font. 
let's talk about some other news regarding NVIDIA. How many here know of the LHR? I don't care. I can't see your hands. The LHR, for those who don't know, is um, the limit hash rate cards. Almost every RTX 30 series card that you cannot buy because they're all fictional have LHR on them. This means that the amount of Ethereum that those cards can mine is restricted by half. And of course, NVIDIA came out and said, this is unhackable. You can't hack the LHR. It is going to limit those cards forever. And it was NVIDIA's attempt to try and make cards for the masses while also trying to make cards for the cryptocurrency miners themselves. Well, of course you knew when anyone says I have made something unhackable, someone is going to hack it just for the sake of saying challenge accepted and then hack it. LHR honestly has remained mostly unhacked. Some people have gotten the 50% uh, limiter down to a 30% limiter, and that's the closest they've gone to, and then use the remaining 30% of the capability of the card to just mine something other than Ethereum. Because the LHR only restricts ethereum mining there's still billions upon billions of other cryptocurrency to go and hack and keep in mind this like people are actually joking about oh hey that just means that unhackable just means it's going to take three days to hack instead of two lhr has actually remained completely unhacked it's only been partially hacked for about what eight months it was introduced in like June of 2021. So it's stayed for the most part completely unhackable much, much longer than I expected. Well, we heard this week that it finally happened. It finally got hacked. LHR is completely busted. All you got to do is just download the NVIDIA RTX LHR version to Unhacker by Sergey, and bada bing, bada boom, the LHR limiter is removed and you can now hash Ethereum at full capacity. When the news broke, pretty much my mentality is, Wow, that really hasn't been completely unhacked yet, has it? Dang, I'm surprised it took this long. Well, fortunately for NVIDIA, LHR is still completely unhacked. Because the RTX LHR V2 Unlocker by Sergey doesn't actually remove the hash rate limiter it instead installs malware oh 
<laughs> Why did I Why did I clap again? Just smooth move. Smooth. So yeah, if you are a cryptocurrency miner, I strongly recommend you to download the LHR V2 Unlocker by Sergey, because quite frankly, the amount of malice I have towards you and the amount you have just absolutely ruined the PC market is unfathomable and you absolutely deserve it. Someone in chat said, is it filled with malware? That was their first thought when I mentioned the unlocker. It does kind of trip all those early 2000s sort of internet browsing safety metrics we've all got built into our brains, right? It's like, wow, this sounds really good. It's going to infect my computer with BS, isn't it? In this case, yes. Yes, it is. And did it? Yes. Yes, it did. Anyway, that's going on going on at Team Green. What about Team Blue and Red? Well, Intel has snagged up one of AMD's chief GPU architects. Someone in chat said, what? I always trust everything from LimeWire. Yeah, totally. Is LimeWire still around? God, I don't even know. It pro probably not, right? But in any case, Intel they're little that, excuse me. Intel successfully poached one of the company's top discrete GPU architects to help that helped AMD with its upcoming um, God. I'm like trying to phrase this article while reading it into my words and I'm just like going around in circles. In, in any case, Intel has hired on Rohit Verma, who was formerly the lead SOC architect for discrete GPUs at AMD and is now the lead product architect at Intel's accelerated computing group. I mean, it's just another sign that in fact, Intel is very, very serious about trying to make their GPU market actually worth something. To which I would say good. Because let's be perfectly honest, Intel has fabs right now. NVIDIA and AMD just don't. TSMC just cannot produce any more chips. And with the news that we're hearing from Ukraine, it looks like their ability to produce new fabs to make more chips is going to be hindered. Greatly. So, Intel making some GPUs? probably actually be very very helpful but all we'll have to do is just wait and see what comes out of this but let's talk about the mobile world for a moment 
Samsung has, uh, I don't know what they were thinking. I really don't. So the S22 Plus and the S22 Ultra have apparently up to 45 watt charging speeds. However, the S22 retained the 25 watt charging of its predecessor. But here's the funny bit. The charging rate of the of these of the S22 Plus and S22 Ultra are apparently greatly limited. The way they're talking, it looks like the actual chargers take longer on the 45 watt and 65 watt chargers than generations past. Now, this could be a number of things, and I would need to get my hands on one of those phones, which I am too poor to do. What could be happening here is that either A, the Samsung lied and it's actually a 20 watt charger, or B, the phone is intentionally calling for less wattage as it approaches 100%. Like everyone has said that the phone I use, the S21 Ultra, has 25 watt fast charging. If I were to hook this up to my external battery that is capable up to 60 watts of power delivery through USB and use one of my special cables that measures the amount of power it's drawing, it is only going to draw 15 watts. That's it. But now here's my other point. Do you really, really want to go ahead and um, and have that fast of charging? Someone in chat suspects it's the internal battery temperature sensor that is coming to the rescue. That very well could be. Because you're talking about pumping that much power into a device, it generates heat. In fact, a slower charge is more efficient. It is safer for the device and it generates less heat, which means more of that energy is just being stored as energy rather than being dissipated as heat. Probably. So, I mean... I'm a little annoyed that, you know, a phone that I want to go ahead and charge up very, very quickly because, oh, crud, I forgot to charge it this morning and I needed to reach pretty close to full before I actually start my day in the office. 15 watts is fine. I have been making do with that just fine. I also carry around a portable battery with me so that in case I do forget to charge it, click, done. And it can just keep on going. Heck, one of the best things I did for my own, like, on-the-go setup 
was switch everything to USB-C. Except for my watch, because what can you do? Someone else chat says, you know, less heat also means less chance the phone goes boom. Yeah, yeah, Samsung probably doesn't want another one of those. It's true. It's true. We don't need another Note 7. That being said, though, we have details of the first Pixel 7 and Pixel 7 Pro. And guess what? The early renders which I don't think are actually in the article I grabbed oddly enough, but is the focus of what I want to talk about. The early renders of the Pixel 7 and Pixel 7 Pro, guess what? They look almost exactly the same. I'm a little surprised by that. So... The pi- let's first talk about the Pixel 6 and man Pixel 6 Pro. The Pixel 6 didn't do very well. Cuz the Pixel 6 in in the end when it comes to f- smartphones nowadays most of us only want our phone to do a handful of things. We want it to be able to go ahead and receive calls check whatever social media we are hopelessly addicted to check whatever media consumption platform we are hopelessly addicted to and take pictures and we want to do it while while annoying us as, as little as possible Other people rely on their phone as a GPS. Other people rely on their phone as a media creation tool like I do. Someone in chat said, I forgot money grabbing gotcha games. Oh, yes, I I forgot. Others of us are hopelessly addicted to uh, going into financial ruin because of poorly programmed uh, flashy games or waifu simulators, which are also the exact same thing. But my my point here is that we only want a phone to do a handful of things. Most of the things are just extra. The Pixel 6 focused way too much on the extra. Like, say, using AI to get rid of that obstruction while you were taking a picture. Or use AI to to capture the correct skin tone which by the way about the skin tone thing for the pixel 6 i am stunned at the marketing before the launch and after the launch of the pixel 6 before the launch one of their biggest focuses with the pixel 6 was the fact their camera captures skin tones greatly like they were showing uh people of darker skin complexions where the skin was way, way, way darker than it should be, and then sa- said, hey, our AI goes in and smooths this all, all out, and it shows it as you'd expect with the human eye. After the launch, if you've seen these ads on Twitter, you wonder what the heck was the difference? 
You know that meme where they take two pictures next to each other and then says corporate wants you to find the difference between the same picture between these pictures and the woman responds they're the same picture. These are the same picture. It's maddening. My personal favorite was the one that the person with darker skin complexion basically had their skin their skin color altered basically not at all between the before and after. But the after turned the basketball into like tomato red. What is going on at Google? The pixel was supposed to be like this camera monster and they just cannot seem to advertise their camera to save their lives. But that's not even the point of the story. The whole point I was focusing on was that one of the other new features of the Pixel 6 is its processor. It's using a custom processor that Google designed. But it turns out the UI glitches and bugs out like nobody's business. Like there'll be times when YouTube on the Google phone, which by the way, YouTube is owned by Google, will just crash randomly. Oh, trying to upload a video? Oh, that's a crash. Trying to browse Instagram and upload a photo? Oh, that's a crash. The stability of Android on the Google phone is shockingly bad on the Pixel 6 at launch. It's probably way better now. But the thing is, is that no one is going to remember now. No one's going to remember then. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I got it right the first time. Nobody's going to know now. They're going to remember when the phone launched. So the fact that the Pixel 7 has to go and redeem the mistakes of the Pixel 6 and they go with the same design is shocking to me. Because let's be honest, if you're a phone if you're a phone nut, you're going to look at the back of my phone and say, first off, that is a lot of OtterBox around it. But then you're going to see the camera bump and go, oh, that's an S21 Ultra. Because it went and had that specific style of camera bump. Yes, that means Apple won, by the way, that we're going to judge phones based on their freaking non-symmetrical camera bump on the back. Uh, this is the world we live in now. And it's maddening. But getting back to my point, if the Pixel 7 and the Pixel 7 Pro have to try and redeem themselves from the Pixel 6, and you can't even tell the difference between the two at first glance, what is the point? Like, Apple does this really well in recent years. They make very subtle changes to each phone to change its looks. 
So I'm hoping these early renders are just a bad leak. Oh yeah, I should probably talk about some of the other stuff that was talked about. Um, uh, There's a new version of the SOC they're working on that they're calling Cloud Ripper or something. I don't know. Look, the rest of the information is actually useless. It's just telling us there's going to be a new modem and an upgraded chip. Who didn't know that? I could have told you that. Oh, hey, by the way, bold prediction. The Pixel 8 will have a newer processor in it than the Pixel 7. (gasps) Actual psychic. Sometimes these articles are actually maddening. We're going to take our break here to regain some sanity. When we come back, uh, Nokia has a problem. (laughs) Let's talk about it. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So, Nokia phones have been banned in many parts of the EU markets. So, what happened? Well, here is exactly what happened. Apparently, a company called Voice Age EBS LLC had... uh, sued Nokia based on the protocol being used without their permission and well as a result the smartphone models GX and C can now no longer be found in the German markets and other European markets as well you know what the funny thing is I wonder how many people noticed. Remember before how I was talking about how a lot of a phone's identity now is just in the camera bump? Nokia right now basically makes two phones. One is the iconic smartphone-less uh, it, as in it's a it's a phone that has no smartphone capabilities on it. It has the ability to make calls. It has the ability to make to play Snake. And it just now barely has a color LCD on it. It has a battery life of 69 million years and will outlive you and your next seven generations. It, I forgot what... Uh, God, I used to know the exact model of it. But like, it, it's a notorious phone. Like, everyone knows about it. Even if you think you don't know about it, you know about it. It's still being made in like a modern form of it. They make that phone and then generic candy bar style Android phones with one or two cameras on the back. That's pretty much it. They have a whole bunch of Android candy bar phones, but you know, just limiting the GX and C series from the stores just means that the A, B, C, D, E, F, I, J, and every other freaking model that they have is still around. Like, Nokia has a ton of smartphones. Tons of them. 
And, well... The fact that a certain number of them are n not around pretty much hurts almost no one at all. And the fact that I can say that with a straight face is kind of surprising. Now, I strongly suspect this is a patent troll sort of case. This is all about their... About the way they're using their VOLTE system. Someone in chat, someone in chat that I know is from the from uh, Germany specifically, uh, says that uh, 3G has been shut down, so all you can do is use uh, Voice over LTE, and that's what this is all about: is the way that Nokia has implemented Voice over LTE. Well, that could be a problem then, if that's actually what this is about. Now, I, again, I don't know all the de details here going on. We'll just have to wait and see how this goes out. But basically, it is now going to court. In other news, Apple is readying for new MacBooks and iMacs. Which is kind of weird. Because they just released new MacBooks, MacBook Pros, MacBook Pros, and iMacs. What about the Mac Mini? What about the Mac Pro? What's even more bizarre is that the report talks about how the so get this right now the mac the macbook lineup is the macbook air using the m1 chip the macbook pro using the m1 chip and the macbook pro using the m1 pro and m1 max chip for bonus points the m1 mac pro uses the old design which has no ports. It just has USB 4. That's it. USB 4 is what Apple is calling Thunderbolt. Why are they calling Thunderbolt USB 4? Because Apple. If you expect me to figure out why Apple does everything, I got bad news for you. Their machinations are beyond my understanding. So the MacBook Pro line is very confusing because you have two different flavors of the MacBook Pro. One is hot garbage, and the other is very, very expensive. Apparently, Thunderbolt officially, Thunderbolt 3 now specifically is just USB 4. What, when was that made official? Like, that's what I want to know. When was that made official? So actually, um, someone in chat says they can't call it Thunderbolt because Intel owns Thunderbolt. No. Intel sold the rights to Thunderbolt to the, U to uh, whatever the heck the actual organization name is that's in charge of USB. The Thunderbolt standard was was sold to the USB coalition or whatever the heck it is. I remember covering that one like a couple months ago. I remember that one. 
but I digress. The point of this article is talking about the confusion of the MacBook Pro line. Because right now, there's the MacBook Pro lines. They sold the, the, the Thunderbolt 3 protocol, not the name. Well, that's just semantics. See, this is the... Why does no one explain this? They should make a podcast to explain this sort of stuff. And then they should go ahead and actually release news about it so people like me in podcasting can go talk about it. Jerks. Rude jerks. That's what they are. Anyway, back to what I was ranting about. So as as I kept trying to say, there's two MacBook Pros, a 13-inch that is using just the same M1 that every other computer is using that Apple has, and the 15-inch MacBook Pro, or is it 16-inch? I can't remember. Oh, no, it's 14 and 16, I think. I should just look it up instead. But the point is that that second generation of MacBook Pro that's using the M1 Pro and M and M1 Max chip actually has ports. It's 14 and 16 inch. Okay. Yeah, and for bonus points, it's it is really confusing on their site. They just have MacBook Pro. And then we have power to go starting from $1,300 or supercharged for pros starting from $2,000. The other thing is that the 14 and 16 inch models got thicker. But more importantly, actually have real ports. But here's where things are going to get wackier. The M2 chip that's coming out, according to this report is supposed to launch into a MacBook Air and the 13-inch MacBook Pro first. Why? What? Why? Why would you do this? So now, in the middle of your giant transition to your own chips, you're going to make things even more confusing? Uh. (laughs) Why? Apple, why? I swear Apple is doing this just to ruin my sanity. Someone in chat chat says, "Hey, thicker is but better." I'll I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. In all honesty, I actually I'm not even kidding. My laptop bag has my laptop bag has a chungus of a 17 inch laptop and a nice thin and light convertible tablet. I go both ways, nice and slim and nice and thick. 
for when you actually need that performance. Someone in chat asks, doesn't Apple sell by specs? No. They don't. For you see, the model... What Here's what they do, and this is infuriating. The 13-inch MacBook Pro only has two options spec-wise. And they're just based on storage. In fact, you are only getting this one M1 chip. You can't get some of the the slimmed-down ones that... They don't describe what the difference is for the life of them. But if you get the bigger ones, there there is a slimmed down M1 M1 Pro with 8 cores and 8 CPU cores and 14 GPU cores. But it doesn't tell you the specs of the cores. No idea what the clock speed is. No idea what the performance on them is. It's just there's core numbers there. Which if you learned anything from early failure AMD, core count means exactly nothing. What matters is how how good the performance is on those cores. The only other thing they do then sell by is by the RAM amount, which is soldered into the SOC. And the storage, which also soldered directly onto the board. So it's a yes, they do sell by, by, by spec, but for the most part, no, they don't. They are still hiding a large amount of the specs. Someone in chat says, but you still want that 32 core thread. Of course I do. Cause it's a metric ton of cores and they all perform absurdly well. Absolutely. Give me that thread ripper. Dude, if, if I was allowed to just spend whatever the heck I wanted on a computer, I'd be running like. Oh, who am I kidding? I'd be really stupid and have like two 96 core epics, which would just be a hilariously useless computer. But I'd be like, screw you. I have 200 CPU cores. Fear me. God, with that many CPU cores, you could emulate the GPU and actually have it be like almost decent. And I fully acknowledge that it's stupid. You shouldn't do it. But back to the other thing. The other model we're expected to see is new IMAX. Now, the article mentions that both IMAX are going to get a refresh. So the nice, sleek, slim IMAX will get a refresh. Not too surprising. But Apple also sells a 27-inch iMac that is still running on Intel. That will most likely get replaced in this. And I'll just tell you this right now. It's going to be called the iMac Pro. Someone in chat says, once you get that 200-core epic uh, computer tower, you won't need heat anymore. It's true. Honestly, though, if I went ahead and did something dumb like that with like a 200 core gaming system, 
I mocked Linus for doing this thing before where he stuffed his computers in a server rack in another room and then ran, I believe it was Thunderbolt from the, from the rack mount gaming computer to a Thunderbolt dock and plugged everything into the Thunderbolt dock. Honestly, with a 200 core CPU, with a 200 core computer, you're probably going to be doing that. Keep that thing as far away from you as possible. No, but yeah, M M2, it's coming to the Mac soon. Who would have thought? You know what I was actually surprised by, though? The sheer amount of VR news I have today. I actually was legitimately surprised when I went through my normal sources for news. And just by the time I was done, I just have a small stack. First off, HTC is confident that its car-based VR experience won't make you puke. Uh, are you sure about the HCC? Just reading this headline made me puke. What the heck? Who? Who wants this? You know what, though? Actually, I take that back. I can think of a scenario where I'd absolutely want car-based VR experience. You want to know where? If I'm on a Greyhound bus... Because I would want to do anything in my power to forget that I'm traveling long distances. <laughs> I'd want to do anything in my power to f that I forget that I'm traveling long distances on a freaking Greyhound bus. Someone in chat posted FBI open up. We believe you have a, you have a, you have, you have a, um, an, an illegal farm in, in your house. Oh, wait, no, it's a server wreck with a 200 core PC. Understandable. Have a nice day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all I can say, yeah. Dude, if I could duct the heat from a 200 core PC to like under the pavement to heat that up, anytime it snows, the pavement will be automatically heated. And just melt the snow on contact. I would never have to shovel again. There'd be a metric ton of other problems, but I'd never have to shovel again. I'd also never have money again because all my money would be going into the power bill. For that nonsense. Oh, man. But in any case, HT's actual uh, claims with this is that its low latency levels could reduce motion sickness. Yes. 
could reduce motion sickness. Uh-huh. So, um... I do not trust this. At all. I have a distinct feeling that, uh, much like, actually, you know what this actually does give me vibes of? This whole concept of VR in the car. And the rest assurances that don't worry, it won't cause motion sickness. Is anyone else getting early 3D TV vibes from this sort of thing? Don't worry. It won't cause motion sickness at all. Just because you're in a moving car that is inevitably going to bounce around and your eyes are going to drastically be desynced from what your body feels, you won't feel any illness at all. Just because we're going to put some glasses on your head, they're going to actively trick one eye into seeing a different image than the other it won't cause mental it won't cause illness at all not at all no form of nausea whatsoever yeah let's get some popcorn this is going to be an interesting one to see Someone in chat says real kidnapper van vibes. Yeah, this will revolutionize the kidnapper van industry. All right. Well, now that we've just gotten pulled out of the rest of our platforms. Let's talk about the Magic Leap 2. A new... Augmented reality headset that will have a controller, compute pack, 18 sensors built into it, and is nice and sleek. Neat. Anyway, PSVR 2 is coming out, and the design has been revealed. And the new design of the PlayStation VR 2 headset is exactly what you expected. I'm not going to lie. No joke. Totally for real here. When they showed off the VR 2 headset, I had to go and look up what the VR 1 headset looked like to make sure that's that it actually looks different. It's a black and white headset with with uh HTC Vibe style controllers with this kind of white alien-esque aesthetic to it. You know, kind of like the PS5 of which you most likely popped off your white plates and replaced them with a different color because you had no faith that those white plates are going to look good three months into their ownership. 
But here's the thing with this headset. It's slimmer. It's almost the exact same weight, but slightly lighter. And it has a vent. But you know what the best part about the VR2 headset is? It doesn't matter. Because you need a PS5 to use it, and the PS5 doesn't exist. Eventually, at some point, modern gaming, our only option is going to be the collect-a-waifu games that are on mobile, and that's it. Because any other form of gaming will just simply not exist. All new games are on the PS5 and the Xbox Series series. Oh, wait. Those consoles aren't real. Oh, you can play with a new RTX 30 series card. Oh, wait. Those aren't real either. Someone in chat says it exists, just not in my reality. No, they just don't exist. They're a myth. Uh, People who do have them uh, had to go ahead and commit blood rituals to actually acquire them. It's it's a well-known fact. Well-known fact. I really do. This chip shortage cannot end soon enough. It really does. We're going to be two years in these modern console generations, and only then are people going to be able to get them. It's crazy. Also, news on Apple's AR, VR, we don't know headsets. It apparently is no longer a prototype. It is in the production phase now, and apparently Apple is looking to ship it in August or September. I'll tell you what right now, if this report is correct, I can tell you exactly when we will hear about it. You want to know when? June. We'll hear about it at WWDC. I guarantee it. That is going to be the time period to look to see if this is going to happen. We've been hearing rumor after rumor after rumor after rumor of this thing. Apple's still apparently working on a car too. We haven't heard anything about that in a while. It's all rumors. We'll just have to wait and see. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, Gabe Newell is in the news and he has blessed us with his wisdom. You'll hear about it when we come back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So, the Steam Deck is now officially out. For those who don't know, the Steam Deck is a small, portable PC gaming device that basically looks very much like a Nintendo Switch, but much chunkier. 
And now that it is officially out, the embargoes have lifted, reviewers have given their opinion, and I am concerned. The whole concept of the of the device is to be able to play games on the go. It uses a custom AMD SOC using Ryzen 2, or is it Ryzen 3 now? I actually can't remember. Some flavor of modern Ryzen and RDNA 2 GPU built into it. The performance has been very good, and it is still very good. But here's the thing. It runs on Linux. It runs on a very custom flavor of Linux. Not everyone knows if anything goes wrong with the UI, how to navigate through and tweak it so it does. People like myself and others who like to tweak their device will be in love with the Steam Deck because you can just go ahead and do whatever you want, whether it be upgrade the hardware or Go ahead and modify the software. But here's what the reviewers had to say. There is a lot of quirks and odd design choices in the UI of the Steam Deck, which puts it in a weird spot for the general user. It's usable, but things like trying to find games that are fully compatible with the Steam Deck is actually a challenge despite the fact that is one of its primary goals. Now, most people just say it's no big deal. They'll just patch it in later. Here's the problem, though. Valve doesn't really have much of a history of patching and polish. Valve has a history of saying something is good enough and move on to the next project. And that can be the downfall of the Steam Deck, which would be a shame because it is an amazing product. And to see it be done in by bad UI is going to be sad. It is going to be tragic. Oh, that's okay. I'll just go ahead and use my Linux expertise to go fix the UI for them. Easy peasy. You try telling the average user to go buy a Steam Deck and then go ahead and customize it based on some on some instructions that probably look sketchy to someone who doesn't know any better to go ahead and perfect a device that should be good out of the box. It's going to be a hard sell. And I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope in this case I am wrong and Valve does in fact for once put good polish and smooth out all these problems on the Steam Deck. But man, I look at their history. I look at their history when it comes to these sort of projects Remember SteamOS? Yeah, that got dropped real quick. Remember the Steam Controller? Remember Big Picture? 
and how much that chugs. Yeah, I have a bad feeling and I really don't, I really want to be wrong. Well, I just have to wait and see. I mean, we are talking about a company that can't even count to three, right? But Gabe Newell, the CEO of Valve, has pretty much said from on high what we're all thinking. Most of the people talking about the metaverse have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. He's not wrong. He really isn't. And the same thing could really be said for pretty much every single NFT project out there. Because they're trying to go ahead and push out this amazing idea of you can go in and create a virtual avatar of yourself. And what amuses me greatly about this is like, Here's one of the quotes from him. Most people who are talking about the metaverse have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. And they've apparently never played an MMO. They're like, oh, you have this customizable avatar. And it's like, well, go into into Lanosia in FF14 and tell me that this isn't a solved problem a decade ago. Not some fabulous thing that you're, you know, inventing. First off, Gabe, it's Limza La Limza that you want to go to if you want to if you want to see colorful characters. Or Ulda on the Balmung server, but I digress. But he's not wrong. He's absolutely not wrong. And we've been saying it here pretty much from the get-go. So to see some of the reach like Gabe Newell. Go ahead and say what we've been saying here. It it is that little bit of validation and that little bit of a pat on the back that we've all needed. But of course, what prompted this? Well, Gabe Noah said his son got him into FF14. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. We got him. Yoshi P has claimed yet another man. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> Someone chat says it's done. Any other MMO is over. That being said, though, the picture used for Gabe Newell, holy cow. I didn't realize how how much, like, Santa... Someone else in chat actually just said that. How much, like, Santa Gabe Newell looks now. Oh, man. But, of course, I said earlier that it's been zero weeks since last NFT rant. Well, Gabe Newell has not finished from his talk on high. Because NFTs are now 100% completely banned from Steam. 
due to sketchy behavior and out of control fraud. And you know what I got to say? How is this not done earlier? Like, seriously, how is this not done earlier? I thought this was included in, in the crypto game ban that was issued on Steam not too long ago. And once again, he's not wrong. Someone in chat says there's probably legal strings attached, most likely. Most likely. But no, to, to see NFTs now being fought back against by a large company entity is... It gives me hope. It gives me some hope in the world. Some other hope in the world is the fact that the Bethesda.net launcher that you totally forgot existed is now being shut down and and all Bethesda games are migrating over to Steam. All right, quick, raise your hands. How many people actually did forget that Bethesda launched their own game launcher? I'll be honest, I forgot. I forgot it exists. All oh, right, I can't see anyone raise their hands. Yeah. We knew it was going to happen. Those of us who knew that the Bethesda.net launch, launcher exists, honestly, you know the only reason why I knew it existed? On my YouTube channel, I did a Let's Play series with a gibberish name. And we just, it was basically just an entire YouTube series of like 20 minute episodes where all we did was troll each other over and over again. We just did a whole bunch of co-op games. I only knew the Bethesda.net launcher existed because I had to download it for... Um, what was it? Wolfenstein Youngblood? I think was one of the first games we did. Which, man, that was... I should actually go back and see, because I want to say like 15 minutes of the first episode was just us complaining about the absolute terrible Bethesda launcher. But for the most part, it only existed for Wolfenstein Youngblood probably some flavor of doom and fallout 76 before then pretty much every bethesda game was on steam well now they're all gonna be on steam again and no one will know the nightmare i had to endure with the bethesda.net launcher now you won't know the horrors of what it wrought uh we're free. We're free. Now, if only there was some other nightmarish uh, news that could go over to ruin my mood. Something that'd be incredibly stupid to see. Something like, uh, oh, maybe a gaming Chromebook. Oh. HP and Lenovo Chromebooks are expected to support Steam and more... Awkwardly more, these same creaming Chromebooks are supposed to run ARM. 
It's going to happen, isn't it? What what are you even going to run on an arm-powered Chromebook? I actually want to know. Cookie clicker? Some random RPG maker game that was poorly rent- written and um and they and they're asking 5 bucks for that. Chrome. Yes. Someone in chat said Chrome. We're going to go ahead. Fire up Chrome to install Steam to install Chrome. Galaxy brain level of thinking here. It's going full circle. Someone in chat says GeForce Now. No, because GeForce Now would be separate from, from Steam. GeForce Now is its own launcher. So you wouldn't get that on Steam. Like with no GPU and limited CPU power, because that's the thing with the Chromebooks. They're limited in performance because all they are is a web browser. Is a web browser wrapped in hardware. Zone chat says you'd be surprised. Uni games can just be compiled for ARM. Yes, they can be. But here's the assumption you're making. You're assuming the ARM chips inside the Chromebook are going to be good. Even the high power... Here's the thing that's baffling about Chromebooks. There are... Most Chromebooks meet the minimum specs to run Chrome. That's it. There are a handful of Chromebooks that have, you know, freaking Google tried selling a Core i7-based Chromebook. And you know what? That you could justify installing Steam on. But those are like $1,400. So it's like, why? Why? You need to do a better job in justifying why you'd want Steam on a Chromebook. Someone in chat asks how many gigs of RAM are being used for Chrome right now. I'm willing to bet eight gigs in all seriousness. My point is though, is that this Chromebook has to run Chrome and then a game because Chrome is the OS. There's more to specs than just the RAM. What is my C- what is my memory usage right now? Um, oh wow, that's it. 1.1 gigs is used on Chrome right now. I am actually stunned it's that low. Right now, OBS is using more at 2 gigs. 
Oddly enough, you know what's using a you know what, so here's the here's the killer part. You know what the number three usage of my RAM is right now? The Corsair background application that powers the RGB on my keyboard and mouse and the macro buttons on my mouse. That's using 1.1 gigs. Someone in chat asked why you're using that because I have, I have a Corsair keyboard and mouse. That's a lot of RAM though. I'm surprised it's using that much. So the funny thing is, is as far as the details on that, I use a MMO mouse, which means that it has 12 buttons on the side. Those buttons don't work without that software. So someone says, don't use that garbage. You have to. Otherwise, the mouse just doesn't work. The alterations you've made to the mouse don't work. I, I like how I'm being judged. for this so- for this software being used that is required by the by the hardware. They're like don't use that garbage, don't use garbage. You have to use that gu- you you have to use it though. The funny thing is that my memory usage is only at 30% right now. Someone in chat said yes, use hardware driven brand. I'm going to go ahead and do that, by the way. Just go ahead. Just like, yeah, we're going to go ahead, scrap the keyboard, scrap the... No, I'm not going to do that. That's dumb. Yes, let's go make e-waste. Because the soft... Every... First off, every piece of hardware, whether you realize it or not, has... software that needs to run in the background for these extra features to work. All of them. I am surprised by the one gig, though. That seems exceedingly high. I'm willing to bet there is something else. It's using nothing else, though. No CPU, no GPU, no nothing. Not even writing to the disk. It's just storing that info in RAM, oddly enough. Someone in chat says IQ has an issue with memory leaks. That's why. That is, ex- that's why. Someone else in chat says IQ's head exists. Uh, here's, here's the thing. Just go ahead and say just use something else. Like what? Razor? And their, and their hardware that breaks after only a year? Ain't doing that. Asus and their questionable quality? And the software they they require that that has skimmed data, MSI and their shady practices. I mean, pick your poison. Someone in chat says even Logitech is better. No, I can't swear on the show, but no, 
No. Logitech is not in any way, shape, or form better. Strong disagree with that one. I would rather use a Chromebook than some of the Logitech stuff right now. The way Logitech is being absolutely sketch, the quality of Logitech right, right now, like if you're just looking for something cheap and basic, that's what Logitech is great at. For the equipment that I use on a daily basis in a studio like this, no. Absolutely not. To be fair, I'm not using the Chromebook either. But that that's that's pretty much where it lies on my tier list. Logitech below the Chromebook. Like I said, if it now that being said, if it works for you, go ahead and use it. I'm not your real dad. You go ahead and do what you want to do. For me though, uh-uh. no. I have absolutely loved the hardware that course that that I have from Corsair, even though um the default keycaps uh, have left uh, a lot to be desired. But I also heavily use my keyboard. Still need to get new keycaps for the bottom row there. Someone in chat says, you still rock your Logitech G15 V2 and that's over a decade old. Oh, good. That means you have something from Logitech back when they were good. Modern Logitech? No. Not with a 10-foot pole. I mean, Logitech was the gold standard in peripherals for a long time. You know what Logitech is? Logitech is the Nokia of computer peripherals. They were rock solid. They had a job. They did it really well back in the day. But nowadays, they've just fallen behind and they don't care. That's what Logitech is now. Oh, by the way, Elden Ring is out. And my feed wouldn't shut up about how good it is. And so I went ahead and included one article that sa- and, and sa- says that our, that Elden, <laughs> Elden Ring reviews are calling the game a challenging open world masterpiece. I will say one thing about Elden Ring, though. You know what I am stunned with? A lot of streamers and content creators 
are complaining about how open world Elden Ring is and they have nowhere to go and they miss the the format of the old Dark Souls games that were just hallways. I want to know how many of those same people were the people that said FF13 is terrible because there's one giant, one long giant hallway. I actually want to know how many of those same people ripped on FF13 for just being one giant hallway. And now that they're given an open world, man, I miss my hallway. That being said, though, I have heard that Elden Ring on the PC is an absolute nightmare. Things like it just doesn't install properly. It glitches out like nobody's business. Someone else in chat says that the game literally lies to you and causes you to lose your progress as a result. You know what the worst part is? I know if I played Elden Ring on stream, and these kind of games are not my style anyway, so I probably won't. But I know if I, if I ran into that same sort of thing, the game lied to me, and then I lose my progress, and, th- and then I complain about it. You know what people are going to say? You should have known because it's a Souls game. Like, these kind of games have, like, this, like, blind cult loyalty to them. And anytime you point out a flaw with the game and say, like, this should have been improved, that should have been improved, there should have been some quality of life, they're going to say no because it's a Souls game, which is a terrible argument. And I hate that mentality. I absolutely hate that mentality, and it makes you want to touch these games even less. But the fact that the that the PC part of this game is also an absolute nightmare to install really does just like it does make me chuckle. It really does. Someone in chat says that's not what they say. They'd say get good. Yeah, the game literally tricked you, get good. The game actually lied to you, get good. The game literally blindsided you and killed you out of nowhere, get good. I hate that mentality. I really do. I go to gaming to relax. To unwind. I don't want to go in and then struggle a metric ton. And then when I talk about my friends, they then just decide to tell me, oh man, you suck. Get good. I don't mind challenging games far from it but it's like the mentality that a lot of these souls like games has really just makes me like not want to touch it at all we're going to take our last break here when we come back I have some other interesting little stories to, to show including one that just shows that machine learning is outthinking the security experts.
Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So here's a fun one for you. Instagram actually had a limiter put in on it that would go ahead and limit the amount of time you spend on Instagram. Well, now it has been removed. For the most part. The limiter can still be put in to remind you to go ahead and touch grass. But only if you spend a minimum amount of minutes of 30. Now, maybe I'm just a crazy, insane person who goes ahead and makes drastic schedules for themselves and then completely blows them out of proportion and then ends up just taking way too long of breaks than he intended and ruining those schedules, but still plans out large chunks of his, of his day. But do we really need a timer to tell us to stop being on Instagram and touch grass? I I just, maybe this is just a sign I've become too old. Maybe this is a sign that I need to just be taken out back and, and put out of their misery. But man, Instagram does not seem like a social media platform that I could spend hours upon hours on. Someone in chat says being on Instagram should be a reminder to not be on Instagram. Understandable. Have a nice day. I just, man. I, I, I don't know what to say about this. I, I really don't. I'm a little surprised that... The minimum amount now is 30. The options apparently are 30 minutes, 45 minutes, one hours, two hours, or three hours as your daily time limit to spend on Instagram. You know what the worst part is? I don't know anyone that's this badly addicted to Instagram. I know plenty of people who need this for Facebook. And they need settings to go ahead and be under 30 minutes. Like, I can think of plenty of people, my dad, that uh, need to spend less than 30 minutes on Facebook a day. They, They just need to stop being on Facebook for any period of time longer than 10 minutes. I also hate the fact, I still hate the fact I got to be on Facebook for the business. That still does drive me a little nuts. Switching from really silly news to 
Very fascinating, bizarre news. The Department of Copyright, specifically the Review Board of the United States Copyright Office, has decided that any works made by UI, or I'm sorry, not UI, AI, artificial intelligence, not user intelligence, cannot be copyrighted. This amuses me greatly. It really, really does. So here's basically the two sides of the argument. One, it is still a unique piece of work that cannot be, that could be duplicated and whatnot. So, you know, since it was, it is unique, it should be able to be copyrighted. On the other hand, copyright is to protect a person's creative works. An AI is not a person. The AI should be able to be copyrighted because that is a unique piece of their own works, but everything created by it shouldn't be. So those are the two sides of the arguments. Here's my argument. If you were to go ahead and make it so that anything produced by an AI can be copyrighted, nothing is stopping me from making an AI that will just inevitably make everything and then just have it all copyrighted to me. You know the old South Park meme, The Simpsons did it? I'll make an AI to make every single possible work of the Simpsons and then copyright it. Someone in chat point, points out uh, why I started that way. Because now the question is going to be, what about the AI's rights? Don't don't the thoughts and lives of artificial intelligence matter? Considering the fact that right now, most artificial intelligence is being used at the exploit of someone else and is really being used as a tool. Right now, no. <laughs> Down the road, when AI can start be, can start having the level of thought that a human can, then we can start having a conversation. Of course, the problem is by the time we get to that point, um, Terminator will happen. To just put it bluntly, Terminator will just have happened, and and will be done. So. Poof. All of us gone forever. The end. Speaking of AI, Amazon's Astro Robot has been spotted in the wild. He's real. He exists. And users are showing off with their $1,450 
Amazon smart robot can really do. I actually did did forget to mention someone earlier meant does that mean that uh, all the NFTs that were terribly generated cannot be copyrighted? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Making the ownership of said NFTs even more dubious than they were before. Which, by the way, the whole concept of an NFT, because there was nothing backing it up other than because I said so, already made the ownership of of a piece of artwork through an NFT very questionable and dubious. Now it's even more so. Someone in chat says, I'm not saying now, but this creates a precedence for when, if AI reaches that point, that the disputes start happening. Yeah, but talk about that makes me depressed. Look at the cute robot! They can go get you a beer! Oh, look at little Astro. Go ahead and get you a beer. Not by himself, though. Someone else has to go and put the beer in him, and then he'll move on. Basically, you know what Astro is still? It, it is, in fact, just a moving table with eyes, and it's a little cute. Someone in chat quoted the, uh, the butter robot from, uh... Wow, why can't I remember the, the name of the show? Is it just Rick and Morty? For some reason, I'm thinking there's other words words of the show. It is just Rick and Morty. I'm I'm okay, so I'm just losing my mind. Okay, someone's quoting the the robot from uh, from Rick and Morty that that its sole purpose was to pass butter. That robot has more of a purpose than than uh, than this one because at least the butter passing robot can cut the butter. Also, that robot can at least go. Oh, my God. Whereas this one's just, it just blinks. It, you know what this, this, this is the robot equivalent of a puppy. Someone in chat said, I had a Ro- Robbie robot with a drink holder as a kid. Not sure this is even cuter. The thing is, is that, um. What, how much of a difference is there between this and one of those old Robbie robots with a drink holder on on it? I guess this one is able to j- go ahead and think and move on its own. Because like those old sort of robots ba- back in like the 90s, they had no eyes. They would just basically run into everything. This one theoretically would not. Either way, I am not going to spend $1,450 on one. That is for sure. Someone in the chat asked, what's my point? I don't have one. I really don't. And thus, I give you our final story. The last burb, the last story, the strangest story of the week. Oddly enough, in a week where you had the invasion of Ukraine by Russia, 
most stories, I'm not going to lie, pretty much got sucked out of the room. There's just no other way to phrase it. But I have a fascinating one. And it goes back to the whole theme of our AI overlords. An AI that can look at mosaic censored text, meaning that they went and put a blur filter over it so that it's just little gray squares. And will go ahead and decipher the blurred text with almost 96% accuracy. You want to know why we use black highlighter when we want to redact something? This, this is why the robots are getting better. They're getting smarter. Quick, everyone, fi- find your re- your really old smelly Sharpie pens. You need them to censor your important data so the machines don't find it. The end is nigh. The robots are coming. They will figure out how to work it all. My God. It's all coming together. Someone, someone in chat stole the joke I was going to use for, uh, for, the, for the after ending and asked the real question, can it be used on porn? You know what? Probably not this one. But someone else probably can figure out a way to make it work. Folks, that's going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. And I do encourage you, check out the daily podcast, the Early Bird Briefing, anchor.fm slash early burb, B-I-R-B, briefing, where we talk about a single topic every single day morning that you can listen whenever the heck you wake up each one goes up at 2 a.m listen to it whenever the heck you wake up whether it be 2 p.m or whenever and check out my twitch page twitch.tv slash eagle falcon take care and i hope you have a great day So while we were playing the outro to the uh, to the podcast, chat went in and found an AI that would in fact uncensor censored pornographic images on the internet. 
But I now have to ask, what happens if I cross the two? Will the uncensoring porn website give me non-existent porn out, out of a secret redacted message? And will the secret message AI give me hidden text on, on, the, on the porn image? Hmm. More testing is needed. Testing that no one ever, ever asked for.